Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today I have the pleasure of Brett Cooper and Evans Kerrigan. Welcome you both. Thanks, Julian. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's great to have a, a double act uh, on here. So I'm expecting double the value for this uh, episode. So uh, thank you for coming on. I just want to tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, you both uh, help professionals build work relationships that really do work. Uh, and over the last 20 years, you've influenced thousands of people in government, nonprofits, and corporate Americans to work together in a more productive, more effective, and a more human way, which is brilliant. Um, this is through your company, Integris um, Performance Advisors. You both obviously co-founded, and you've helped uh, clients increase their employee engagement, improve efficiency, and generate hundreds of millions in financial benefits. You are also a co-author of an Amazon bestseller called Solving the People Problem, uh, launched last September, which is brilliant, and we will no doubt talk about that. Um, the first question I want to ask, which I ask all my guests, is uh, what do you love about what you do? So I'll, I'll go ahead and take that first. If you like, Julian, this is Brett. And uh, you know, I absolutely love the fact that we get the opportunity to help people take a look at themselves and, and generate what, what, what I like to call aha moments. People, mm -hmm. they, they realize something about themselves that moves them forward. Matter of fact, one of the, one of the particular situations that for me really made a difference in, in motivating me, and it, this happened several years ago, I gave a presentation to uh, a group of government leaders. Uh, we had about 600 people in the audience, and uh, we were talking about values-based leadership and uh, you know how, how do you how do you drive a more effective team? And about three months later, I was in one of the uh, one of the departments. We were making a pitch for for additional business, and a woman found me in the hallway. I have no idea who this woman was, and she stopped me in the hallway and said, "Hey, you're that guy who gave that value leadership." Uh, kind of conversation. And I said, yeah, she goes, I got to tell you, you changed my life. I'm like, wow. what do you mean? This woman, you know, complete stranger. She said she, she took the ideas that we were talking about around living your values and making sure that your values align with your organization. And she mm -hmm. said, she never really thought about work in that way. So she went home, talked to her husband, did some self-reflecting. And here three months later, she was on to a completely different department with a different boss, a different team. And she said she was the happiest she's ever been. So to me, the opportunity that we have in our business to help get through to people like that and make people think differently about, you know, how can they live their best life? That's what I love about what we do. Brilliant. And was that moment the impetus for you for that sort of not realizing the impact you had on somebody? Yeah, you know, I mean, I was already doing the work, but that one really stands out. That, that one actually happened in 2013. So it's still really present in my mind. So you can tell how, how impactful that is. I mean, there, there's other times where people have said that kind of a thing, but my guess, the way I look at this is that for everyone who actually does say something like that, there's probably at least five or 10 that I would never, ever hear of, but mm. 
you know, they were able to take what we were talked about and, uh, and put it to use in a way that serves them independent of me knowing about it. Brilliant. Excellent. How about you, Evans? Uh, For me, it's actually, it's very similar. Uh, For me, it's always when the light bulb goes on for somebody. Uh, But specifically the ones that really stand out for me are when somebody does something that they were pretty convinced before we had kind of interacted, they could not do. It's, it's when they see themselves in a different light and they see themselves as more capable, more able to do things. Uh, that's the part that really kind of excites me. And I, I luckily got a few stories kind of like Brett's there where people have reached out to me and I, I somehow touched them in ways that I did not think about at the time. I, w- I was doing what I thought was right. And, and I think all of us should be lifting everybody else up around us, right? It, it's Leadership is the art of making everybody else more successful. Mm-hmm. So if we're doing those kind of things, yeah, every once in a while, somebody will track you down. And it's those are kind of really special moments. And, and I'll be honest, uh, those are like emails I have printed out or letters I have kept. Got that folder because every once in a while you have that week where you really kind of need to remember why you're doing these things. Mm-hmm. But but that's the part for me. It's, it's people seeing themselves as mm-hmm. more capable, more able, and just able to look at life in a little bit different way. Brilliant. Excellent. And have you always known that, Evans? Uh, For me, that's been kind of a long time thing. And I've gone about it. I've tried to go about it in different ways. Uh, And it's part of the story, actually, really, of of Integris. Uh, When I first got into consulting, I was a Lean Six Sigma master black belt. I was a continuous improvement guy. I'll go in and I'll fix your processes. And through doing that, I mean, we had some great project uh, success. But one of the things we found was we also had some projects that didn't deliver. And usually it wasn't about the project. It wasn't about the quality tools. It wasn't about the math. It wasn't about statistics. It wasn't about any of those things. It was about those human issues. So Integris actually, and we still are a continuous improvement organization as well, but our focus really is on the, if we can help people develop emotional intelligence, we can help them work better in teams. If we can help leaders actually be able to hear their people and be able to work with their people in a more productive and and, uh, thoughtful way, all those quality tools, everything else you're doing to try to make an organization work actually Mm -hmm. just happens relatively simply, right? It's a Drucker said, right? I think it was Drucker was uh, uh, culture eats uh, strategy for breakfast. Mm -hmm. It's true. If you work on those things, all of a sudden, a lot of other stuff becomes a lot easier to address. Brilliant. And I just want to explore a bit more about the, the human side uh, and particularly leaders uh, within organizations. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, one thing I've, I've just uh, always just reminding myself again is um, how how do we become more effective in our leadership? How do we become more um, impactful? And one of the ways I've known over the years and, and sort of the clients I coach is uh, increasing people's sort of self-awareness and it's a it's yeah. a it feels like a an old topic but actually I don't think it's it's a topic that's consistent and, and fundamental really to uh, a leader is to be self-aware and to, to dial that up in that way so the first question I want to ask I don't know who want to take this um, is you, whoever wants to catch it I'm happy to let them go with it so whoever catches it first possibly is um what how would you it seems quite a basic question, but I think it's quite fundamental. How would you define self-awareness? Okay, so when we look at self-awareness, and we're, we're kind of talking about that, uh, I'll go to the kind of the definition of emotional intelligence, which is, I, I think, kind of a, a way to look at this. 
and, and the one that I like really simple uh, psychology today uh, talked about, it, it's our ability to uh, understand and manage our own and others' emotions, right? So our, our ability to have emotional intelligence depends on that. Critical to that, there's kind of several different elements that kind of make that up. And the first of those is actually, I can't actually do that unless I can really understand who I am and how I'm coming across. If, if I don't have that awareness myself, there's no way for me to actually really manage my own emotions or to manage the emotions of others. So I, I need to start with myself because one of the critical things, and this is for leaders or for anybody in an organization, the only tool I have to work with is myself. So if I understand myself, if I know myself and I know what, what my triggers are, I know what the, what the things are that actually may knock me off balance a little bit, I stand a better chance of being able to make really wise decisions about how I interact with other people. Mm -hmm. And if I understand myself and understand what my needs are, I also can now start to open up and understand the needs of the people I'm working with so I can do that more effectively and help them out as well. But it also does really start with that self-awareness piece. No, no, I agree. And it, it, to me, it's that sort of internal piece where you get awareness of your, you said the word triggers, but aware of your, what's your motivations, mm-hmm. your beliefs, your values, your purpose, your all those sort of stuff, which is really important to, to, to drive you through. But also there's that external bit, which is that obviously being aware of others, but also it's being aware of what others think of you, i.e. the impact you have. As in when you walk into a room and you see people, whether they smile, walk forward, or move away from you, <laughs> you're realizing you're having some yeah. positive or negative impact, I guess, isn't it? Um, yeah. And if they're looking for another door and leaving, that's that's kind of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's that they all sort of turn the back on you and off they go, thinking, yeah. Yeah. okay, perhaps I'm not hitting it right here. And I and I think that's I think where a lot of leaders get it wrong. They just they just focus on the internal introspective aspect and i think it's important to show, understand how do people view you i guess when you walk into a room or into a situation or a conversation yeah i think what we would would how we would phrase that is it's about application as well right the awareness okay. is is the first piece and of, of course that's where it starts but if you are aware and then not doing anything about it. If you're not applying that knowledge, it's really not, not going to get you anywhere. Uh, in in the, the book that we wrote in Solving the People Problem, we really tried to focus on the idea of how do you apply the ideas around understanding yourself and also understanding other people. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's really about taking that knowledge of how do you show up, what drives you, what are your values, but then being really clear on, okay, well, h- how are those things impacting the decisions I'm making and how are those impacting how I'm behaving? And I'm, am I actually adjusting? Because one of the mm. things that's true, when we become self-aware, we recognize that some of our greatest strengths, some of the things that people find most beneficial about us that we bring into the workplace, you know, if those things are overused, they can become a weakness. They, they can yeah. be a shortcoming. And I think that's true for, for all of us. So if you can become more aware of your strengths as well as things that you do that, that might be less effective, then you can start to adjust how those things come to play when you're making decisions and when you are taking action. And have you got any examples of how we take that self-awareness and do the application piece in terms of a, an example in a, in a workplace situation? 
I'll tell you what, I'll give you an example of my own self application <laughs> here. Is this, so, is this a good one of you or a bad one of you? It's a learning. It's a learning. learning. So it's a good, it's a good one. And, and, and honestly, I think, uh, you know, what, what this, one of the things that Evans and I really do try to highlight in all the talks that we do and the writing that we do is to point out, you know, hey, we're learning this as well, right? This is not about, oh, you went to that training class and you learned it once and then, you know, we're done. No, this is an always learning thing. And uh, a few years ago, I actually had a very impactful learning experience. We were we were using one of our techniques that we use with clients. It's called the appreciation seat. This is a this is a team building uh, uh, okay. activity that we use with a lot of our clients, where we essentially get everybody together around a table, or you know, these days in Zoom. <laughs> so, and, we don't do that anymore. We just yeah, we don't do that anymore. It's you know, it's the it's the virtual table, but we essentially go around and have each team member sit in what we call the appreciation seat, and then everybody else kind of goes around and says, "Hey, here's here's what you do that really benefits the team," and we we put in an a, an extra awareness piece of it, and we say, "Okay, everybody, go around first. Say what you bring to the team that's really valuable. Then let's share what's one thing that you do that perhaps slows down the team." And it's a it's a remarkable way to to build trust and build awareness uh, you know, across the team. Anyway, we were doing this with our own team, and I was sitting in the appreciation seat. And one of our colleagues, a woman named Renee, came to me and she said, yeah, "Brett, the thing that you do that's always driving us forward is you're always ideating. You know, you're you're looking towards the future and you're thinking about what's next and you're thinking about what we need to do for customers and you're always pushing us forward." So I'm thinking, oh, you know, great. I'm feeling good about myself. I'm building some self-awareness. Then some other people went around. And then we came back to Renee when she got her, her tip of what I was doing to slow people down. And she says, you know, Brett, the, the thing that you do that slows us down is you're always ideating. You know, we, we, we decide, we, we start working on a project and, you know, we're working on it and you're already off to the next thing and you're coming in with these new ideas and we're not even done with executing on the first idea. And first of all, I, I, I recognized really quickly that was absolutely spot on. I, I absolutely do that. My, my, my focus is a whole lot more future focus, but I did not really realize how negatively impactful that was on my team when they're trying to get the work done. So, you know, I, I, I still struggle with it. It's still in my, my nature to be, you know, kind of looking for the next thing. But I find that I try a whole lot harder to 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 hold that back and recognize, okay, I, I need to let people get the job done rather than pull them off uh, off the focus. Brilliant, that's a great example, and I, I love that uh, that sort of technique as well. It's a really good way of of, of dialing up not only the the self awareness piece, but also creating that psychologically safe, trusted environments, which. It just gels people, I and mean, you've got to be in a good place to do that, yeah. Because obviously, um, <laughs> people are going to hopefully be quite constructive, but also quite sort of truthful as well. So, what other ways can we really help people get that self awareness like that? I mean, that's a really great technique. Yeah. Well, actually, I want to point back to a couple of things uh, off of Brett's story because I think they really matter here in terms of overall building our self awareness. Uh, one of the things, and you kind of brought it up, we've got to be in a, a good place to do this. Building our self awareness. Uh, comes from a little bit of curiosity and a little bit of humility, right? When we talk about self-awareness, and, and Julian, you mentioned it earlier, frequently people think about the, oh, I'm going to go off and I'm going to just think. There's a huge part of self-awareness that is actually 
having people share with you, learning mm -hmm. from others, seeing how you're coming across, because that's going to actually kind of hold a mirror up to what it is that I'm doing. Mm. what I'm doing that may make sense to me, but actually isn't making sense to the people I'm working with or maybe mm. getting in the way. So, so we look for opportunities where we can get people to realize that's a need and then open them up to an opportunity to do that. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we use uh, some assessments around personality style, because one of the things that we want people to do is understand that how I interact with the world is not how everybody interacts with the world. We all do it a little bit differently. And, all too often, and I think it's part of it's a little bit of human nature, we think of those differences as right and wrong. Mm. And, and the vast majority of the time, it's not. It's just different. So we talk with, uh, with folks and leaders all the time talking about the fact that part of what we really need to do is we need to get better at uh, recognizing, being able to see, recognizing, understanding, and then actually really even honoring those differences. Mm. Brett and I approach things really differently that's part of why we've been successful as an organization as well, mm. right? And, and and all too often, we don't see people doing that. It, so what we found is by using uh, an, an assessment and kind of working through how do I approach the world and how does everybody else around this group approach the world, we found that's a wonderful way to kind of uh, very much advance people's ability to recognize and to do that mm. self-reflection, uh, kind of following an exercise like that. And to gain an appreciation for different styles and things that may have caused friction in the past that weren't about how somebody felt about me. They were just, we had different styles. Mm. Actually, let me add on to that, Evans. Uh, one, one of the studies that we we quote in the book is from CPP. It's a, a, a global study on workplace conflict that they did a couple of years ago. And one of the, 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 the findings that really stands out to me is that 49% of workers that they interviewed blamed negative workplace conflict on personality style differences and on personality clashes. And to what Evans was just, just talking about, the in everything that I've learned, it's not the existence of those personality styles, it's the misunderstanding and it's the frustration that comes from the misunderstanding and not honoring those differences. Mm -hmm. You know, you take take the idea of uh, people that are fast paced and more uh, more 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 calm and, and a little bit more measured pace. If you don't understand where you fall on that spectrum and you don't understand why somebody else is on a different part of that spectrum, that can be just a huge frustration for mm. no matter where you are. Right. Yeah. If I'm a fast paced person and I'm working with somebody who has a little bit more of that measured pace, if I don't know better. I'm just getting frustrated, right? I'm thinking, why are you going so slow? Why can't we move this along? And likewise, if if I'm on that more reserve space mm. you know, and I'm like taking my time, making sure I'm getting the I's dotted, the T's crossed, I'm looking at somebody who's more fast and saying, hey, you know, you're, you're just jamming through this and you're going to make some mistakes. Why can't you, you know, slow down and focus? Mm. And the truth is we need people with both of those paces, mm -hmm. right? And the fact that- and just since how, do, how do we create that, I suppose, almost- organizational awareness that actually everybody matters because they all matter in terms of their, what they're doing, but there are styles or approaches are very different, but doesn't mean they're not saying not right or wrong. How do we get that appreciation and that awareness of, in the organization? We've been really successful with that, Julian, by getting groups of people to look at themselves and each other together, right? There is so much in leadership development that is self-improvement. 
right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the best leaders are reading a ton of books and trying to do as much as they can just to improve themselves. And that's great, especially if you were really motivated. But, you know, that, here we are in February. So we're just coming off of New Year's resolutions. I wonder how many of your listeners have already blown past their New Year's resolutions because it was something that they decided internally that they're going to mm-hmm. do and didn't have any, you know, outside influence or, uh, you know, no one to hold them accountable or even to interact with. But what we find is most successful and in, in really to the point of your pro- of your podcast of helping organizations thrive, we want to get groups of leaders to take these assessments to understand. We, we happen to use the DISC assessment and we have a tool uh, that specifically helps everybody in an organization mm-hmm. both understand their style and other styles. But what we do is we get them to take those assessments. But but the learning isn't just from the assessment. The learning is from the interactions that they have with each other. It's mm. the learning about other people and how mm. do those people interact with you. Uh, one of the, the the tools that we use basically creates a an employee directory. So we can go into an organization and get everybody in that organization uh, to understand what their disc style is. There's an online platform they can go into and they can click on any one of their colleagues. And what pops up is a comparison between you and that person. And it kind of highlights, hey, you guys are likely to be really effective in this way. And here's some ways where your style and the other person's style might not really flow automatically Mm -hmm. unless you pay attention to it. So by, by getting people to understand that and, and look at themselves as they're looking at others and seeing how that integration works, mm-hmm. that's what we find really builds awareness, uh, you know, in, in, in people. And that really helps them put it to work. And that's yeah. brilliant because obviously, as you say, just being on your own, which is some aspect of self-awareness, actually is more powerful being in a, in a group setting and actually interacting with other people because that's where it really matters. And that's what you're trying to do is create that impact. So actually learning within that context. Now, let's take a leader who perhaps is, um, I would say, possibly reluctant to or or perceives themselves to be self-aware, but they're clearly not self-aware. And they may be very, very senior, which is always more challenging. How do we, or how do you help, or how do you think a organization can get them into a place that they will start to create a, a path to more self-awareness. We know Does that, that actually happen, Julian? Do, 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 do some leaders not have that? <laughs> well, you know, there's only a few percentages, you know, that have that, you know. Possibly just in the UK. I mean, Americans are probably incredibly self-aware. So we're yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's how but, do we get that? Because if you tell somebody to do something, it doesn't work. You no. can't just... It, I'm a coach and we, I don't tell people anything. It's it's bringing out from their own sort of viewpoints and getting them to that place. So how do you help an organization or teams where you may have that difficult leader who clearly has no self-awareness and but they need it and they need some help? Yeah. So um, a wise man I used to work with long, long ago used to say you can lead a horse to water, but he can't make him drink. Um, however, you can salt the oats. Um, and, and, and so that's a little bit of the process. We'll, we'll go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, when, I, when I look at that in, and that is the situation, let's face it, we're, we're consultants. That's frequently why we're brought in is somebody who is technically really proficient, has maybe earned a lot of money, but has started to create so much carnage as they have moved up the organization 
that the organization at some point says, okay, this has to change. We, we, we can no longer live with these costs. Mm. It happens that way, or it happens as you start interacting with a team in the organization, you hear about something that hasn't kind of reached the executive level yet. At some point, the whole idea here is you've got to help that person understand the cost and understand the benefit that can be gained if they develop a little bit of more emotional intelligence. You can't make that decision for them. Um, you have to either help them see what they're actually causing. Because in general, what I find for many of them, luckily, is they really, the, the damage they're causing, they don't associate with the behaviors they're doing. Mm -hmm. So if you can kind of show that line, that helps at times. Um, and, and sometimes it's, it's, let's face it, these are some of the humorous discussions you end up with with people when they really kind of lack that, that self-awareness and um, uh, so I'll share a quick example. I, I do a lot of work with uh, with leaders and teams around conflict. And uh, I was working with a, a leader who I had been called in because, yeah, they were they were denting everything around them. They were the bull in the china shop. <laughs> and uh, and I sat down and we were talking about some things. And I said, you know, so one of the things that is possible because of your style and because of the way you work with people is that you might say things that you regret person said, yeah, no, never happens, <laughs> which is kind of a warning sign. Uh, so I said, well, wait, what if I, what if I change that? How about, it, let me word it a little bit differently. Um, what if I said, you say things for which you do not like the repercussions? Oh yeah, no, that happens every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, some people, it, it, they're really kind of hard set on, no, I've found the secret and I've got to stick with this. And and unfortunately, there are people who are not going to choose to take that step. Yeah. But what I have found is that is very much the exception rather than the rule. In general, it's mm -hmm. people who honestly believe they're doing the best for the organization, but not understanding the implications they're having longer term than whatever the, the immediate project is in front of them. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's about getting the group together. I had a team I was working with actually just three weeks ago. We were talking about how the team dynamic worked and it was not overly great. And uh, in this team, they had a the leader and one other member of the team were kind of very teleassertive. They were in the DISC model. They were really up near the top of that. They were very fast paced. They were go, mm -hmm. go, go. And the whole rest of the team it was an IT team was kind of on the other end. They were the ones who were waiting. And we were talking, we created some of that psychological safety you mentioned, which is a really important topic anywhere. We created some of that psychological safety. And one of the members of the team pointed out that they had done brainstorming the week before and only the leader and the other person who were near the top of the circle had ideas on the chart. Nobody else got a word in edgewise. And the, and the team leader was kind of like taken aback and embarrassed. Uh, not as embarrassed at the fact that it had happened as the fact that she hadn't even recognized it. She hadn't mm -hmm. even noticed that it happened. So for her, it was one of those, that was the, oh boy, I'm I'm really missing what's happening here. And and it led to, she she did a great job. She apologized right up front to the team. She was like, I, I, I didn't even recognize. So then we started to create some structures for them about how they could make sure that wouldn't happen in the future. Mm -hmm. If they were going to brainstorm, it wasn't about throwing a question out in front of the group and saying, we're doing it now. It was, how do I get the question out ahead of time? How do I create some structure so the people who communicate in different ways can all bring their best to the mm -hmm. party for us to move forward? So so sometimes, I'll be honest, you, you almost, you, you set up the situation where they can see the damage they may be causing. Yeah. And, and, and what I found is 
the vast majority of leaders actually do want to lead. They just maybe not be doing it in the most effective manner. So we, we've got to help mm-hmm. them see the why, because that's what's going to make the work worth it to, to go through mm-hmm. and actually have a little bit of humility and say, you know what, actually, I may be part of the problem. Yeah, no, that's good, actually. That's some good good sort of um, uh, tips there in terms of helping people get to that place. Yeah. Uh, and I particularly like the adding salt into the oats. Uh, that's a very, very good um, uh, analogy. I love that. Um, just circling back, just before we, we close, actually, it's, I guess it's, so we talked a lot about self-awareness. It's almost like, so what? Why is it important? What does it bring to an organization? Why do I need to pursue self-awareness in, in some context in my organization? I don't know who wants to answer that. Well, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and take that. One of the things that we fully believe, and I, and I know you believe this as well, Julian, based on all the podcasts that, that I've, I've heard of yours, that leadership is really a relationship, right? It's, it's, it's not that a leader comes in and, hey, I'm going to tell everybody what to do and you just listen to me and everybody adapt to my style and, and what I want. Uh, that, that's, that's a pretty outdated look at leadership. And all of the research indicates that that is not an effective way to lead when it comes to things like employee engagement, uh, turnover, and business results, right? Because if we're going to try to get the team working together, you as a leader you need to be a servant to your team. Your, your job is to equip your team and make sure they are able to be successful. Because if you can get your team being successful, then they're going to be achieving the goals that you want them to achieve. So this idea around self-awareness, it, it really is the starting point. Uh, Evans often points out that the subtitle of our book at one point was, uh, well, the full title was going to be Solving the People Problem, and it starts with you. Uh, because it really does. You you mm. have to focus on understanding you know, how you're coming across to the world. And mm. the best way to do that, we find, is by somehow looking in a mirror, using assessments, talking with others, and getting some feedback on, okay, how do other people see you? And then what, what you do, you, you don't just take that for given. What you do is you take what the feedback is telling you, and then you process it and you think, okay, well, how do I think about myself? Mm-hmm. How, are, how, is, how am I coming across? So that story that I told about me and the ideation, I mean, really it took my, my self-awareness, my understanding that, yeah, that's, that's actually kind of my focus. I do focus on that ideation, but when I got that feedback from Renee, I was able to think about it in a little bit different way. And therefore, I was able to basically change my behavior mm. so that I acted a little bit differently in that role as a leader. So I was still being able to use the ideation when it made sense to do so. Mm. But I was also pulling back and, and, and refraining from acting in a way that really was going to be slowing down the team. And if I didn't have that self-awareness and the feedback, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Brilliant. And I think the key is what you said, I said at the beginning as well, about it's the application. So you get the self-awareness and you got to apply that in terms of how you're going to use that in terms of creating that impact uh, with your yeah. teams. Now, you've mentioned your book, which is great. Um, where can people get hold of your book and also if they want to get in touch with you in terms of uh, wanting to engage with you, uh, what's the best way? And I also believe you have a, an offer, a podcast offer for us, which would be great. 
Yeah, we do. Uh, so with the book, uh, Solving the People Problem, we created a website called solvingthepeopleproblem.com. Pretty creative, right? Uh, <laughs> so, so if if your listeners go to solvingthepeopleproblem.com, they can actually take an emotional intelligence survey that will provide some of that self-awareness and give them some of that feedback. Uh, this is a, a survey that is is tied to the ideas in the book, and we really designed it as an application-based kind of a survey. So if your listeners go to solvingthepeopleproblem.com and look for the link that says, what's my disk EQ? Just click that and they'll go right to the, uh, the, the emotional intelligence survey landing page. There is an access code required, and we're going to give them the access code of THRIVE for Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. So if they enter Thrive, they go right into the survey. Uh, it takes most people about five minutes, and they're going to get an immediate PDF of their personalized report that's going to give them a score on where they currently sit in the four areas of emotional intelligence, which is knowing your style, choosing your actions wisely, um, knowing other styles, and adapting your behavior. So they're going to get that, and uh, it's a great way for them to to get some feedback and, and take some of this idea a little bit deeper. Evans and I are both on that website as well. You can reach out to us directly through solvingthepeopleproblem.com. Hey, can, Thank can, you for that. Can I just add one thing on that report? It not only gives you the scores that you have in each of those four areas, but it's also going to give you some personalized ideas on what you can do to actually improve your own emotional intelligence in those areas. Excellent. So it's very much a... a we wanted to make sure that it was a valuable tool for people to start to look at, start to think, and start to make that move for themselves. Brilliant. And that's a really insightful. Uh, I mean, I'm a disc practitioner myself, so I know these things are really insightful and they cost money. And you're giving this away free, uh, which is fantastic. Um, I will put this in the show notes as well, so people will be able to access in the show notes uh, as well. So. I do appreciate your time today. Um, it's been great uh, to dive in a little bit more about self-awareness and how that to make me more impactful and effective as a leader. Um, thank you for your time today for uh, coming on the show, Brett and Evans. Thank you very much, Julian. It's been a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Thanks, Julian. Brilliant. Thank you. If you like this episode, then please do subscribe, do share with your friends, and do check out other episodes in the series. If you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient culture, then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.